Section twenty two of the Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume four, translated by Richard Burton. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Griffin. The Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume four, translated by Richard Burton. Section twenty two, three hundred and fifth night to three hundred and seventh night. When it was the three hundred and fifth night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that he continued on this wise. And we fared on till we fell in with the folk who had shown me the way to her. So I said to them, Point me out a path which shall lead me to my home. And they did accordingly, and brought us afoot to the seashore, and set us aboard a vessel which sailed on before us with a fair wind till we reached Basora city. And when we entered the house of my father-in-law, and her people saw my wife, they rejoiced with exceeding joy. Then I fumigated the vulture with musk, and, lo, the ifrits flocked to me from all sides, saying, At thy service what wilt thou have us do? So I bade them transport all that was in the city of brass, of monies, and noble metals, and stones of price, to my house in Basora, which they did, and I then ordered them to bring me the ape. They brought him before me, abject and contemptible, and I said to him, O oh, accursed, why hast thou dealt thus perfidiously with me? Then I commended the Ifrits to shut him in a brazen vessel. So they put him in a brazen cucurbite, and sealed it with lead. But I abode with my wife in joy and delight, and now, O oh, commander of the faithful, I have under my hand precious things in such measure, and rare jewels, and other treasure, and monies on such wise as neither reckoning may express, nor may limits comprise. And, if thou lust after wealth, or aught else, I will command the jinn at once to do thy desire. But all this is of the bounty of Almighty Allah. Thereupon the commander of the faithful wondered greatly, and bestowed on him imperial gifts, in exchange for his presence, and entreated him with the favour he deserved. And men also tell the tale of the generous dealing of Yahya bin Khalid the Barmecide with Mansur. It is told that Harun al-Rashid, in the days before he became jealous of the Barmecides, sent once for one of his guards, Salih by name, and said to him, O Salih, go to Mansur and say to him, Thou owest us a thousand thousand dirhams, and we require of the immediate payment of this amount. And I command thee, O Salih, unless he pay it between this hour and sundown, sever his head from his body and bring it to me. To hear is to obey, answered Salih, and going to Mansur acquainted him with what the caliph had said, whereupon quoth he, I am a lost man by Allah, for all my estate and all my hand owneth, if sold for their utmost value, would not fetch a price of more than a hundred thousand dirhams. Whence then, O Salih, shall I get the other nine hundred thousand? Salih replied, Contrive how thou mayst speedily acquit thyself, else thou art a dead man, for I cannot grant thee an eye-twinkling of delay after the time appointed me by the caliph, nor can I fail of aught which the prince of true believers hath enjoined on me. Hasten, therefore, to devise some means of saving thyself ere the time expire. Quoth Mansur, O Salih, 
I beg thee of thy favor to bring me to my house, that I may take leave of my children and family, and give my kinsfolk my last injunctions. Now Sully relateth, So I went with him to his house, where he fell to bidding his family farewell, and the house was filled with a clamor of weeping and lamentations and calling for help on Almighty Allah. Thereupon I said to him, I have bethought me that Allah may haply vouchsafe thee relief at the hands of the Barmecides. Come, let us go to the house of Yahya bin Khalid. So we went to Yahya's house, and Mansur told him his case, whereat he was sore concerned, and bowed him groundwards for a while. Then raising his head, he called his treasurer, and said to him, How much have we in our treasury? A matter of five thousand dirhams, answered the treasurer, and Yahya bade him bring them, and sent a messenger to his son Al-Fazl, saying, I am offered for sale a splendid estate, which may never be laid waste, so send me somewhat of money. Al-Fazl sent him a thousand thousand dirhams, and he dispatched a messenger with a like message to his son Ja'far, saying, We have a matter of much moment, and for it we want money. Whereupon Ja'far at once sent him a thousand thousand dirhams. Nor did Yahya leave sending to his kinsmen of the Barmecides, till he had collected from them a great sum of money for Mansur. But Salih and the debtor knew not of this. And Mansur said to Yahya, O my lord, I have laid hold upon thy skirt, for I know not whither to look for the money but to thee, in accordance with thy wanted generosity. So discharge thou the rest of my debt for me, and make me thy freed slave. Thereupon Yahya hung down his head and wept. Then he said to a page, Hark ye, boy, the commander of the faithful gave our slave-girl, Dananir, a jewel of great price. Go thou to her, and bid her send it to us. The page went out, and presently returned with the jewel, whereupon quoth Yahya, O Mansur, I bought this jewel of the merchant for the commander of the faithful, at a price of two hundred thousand dinars, and he gave it to our slave-girl Dananir, the lute-player, and when he sees it with thee, he will know it, and spare thy blood, and do thee honour for our sake. And now, O Mansur, verily thy money is complete. Salih continued, So I took the money and the jewel, and carried them to Al-Rashid together with Mansur, but on the way I heard him repeat this couplet, applying it to his own case. "'Twas not of love that fared my feet to them, "'twas that I feared me lest they shoot their shafts. "'Now when I heard this I marvelled at his evil nature, "'and his depravity and mischief-making, "'and his ignoble birth and provenance, "'and, turning upon him, I said, "'There is none on the face of the earth "'better or more righteous than the Barmecides, "'nor any baser nor more wrongous than thou. "'For they bought thee off from death, "'and delivered thee from destruction.' giving thee what should save thee, yet thou thankest them not, nor praisest them, neither acquittest thee after the manner of the noble. Nay, thou meetest their benevolence with this speech. Then I went to Al-Rashid, and acquainted him with all that had passed. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased to say her permitted say. When it was the three hundred and sixth night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, the Salih continued, So I acquainted the commander of the faithful with all that passed, 
and Ar-Rashid marvelled at the generosity and benevolence of Yahya, and the vileness and ingratitude of Mansur, and bade restore the jewel to Yahya, saying, Whatso we have given, it befitteth us not to take again. After that Salih returned to Yahya, and acquainted him with the tale of Mansur and his ill-conduct, whereupon replied he, O Salih, when a man is in want, sick at heart and sad of thought, he is not to be blamed for aught that falleth from him, for it cometh not from the heart. And on this wise he took to seeking excuse for Mansur. But Sali wept and exclaimed, Never shall the revolving heavens bring forth into being the like of thee, O Yahya. Alas, and well away, that one of such noble nature and generosity should be laid in the dust. And he repeated these two couplets. Haste to do kindness, thou cost intend, thou canst not always on boons expend. How many from bounty themselves withheld, till means of bounty had come to an end. And men tell another tale of the generous dealing of Yahya, son of Khalid, with a man who forged a letter in his name. There was between Yahya bin Khalid and Abdullah bin Malik al-Khuzai an enmity which they kept secret. The reason of the hatred being that Harun al-Rashid loved Abdullah with exceeding love, so that Yahya and his sons were wont to say that he had bewitched the commander of the faithful. And thus they abode a long while, with rancour in their hearts, till it fell out that the caliph invested Abdullah with the government of Armenia, and dispatched him thither. Now soon after he had settled himself in his seat of government, there came to him one of the people of Iraq, a man of good breeding, and excellent parts, and abundant cleverness. But he had lost his money, and wasted his wealth, and his estate was come to ill case. So he forged a letter to Abdullah bin Malik, in the name of Yahya bin Khalid, and sent out therewith for Armenia. Now when he came to the governor's gate, he gave the letter to one of the chamberlains, who took it and carried it to his master. Abdullah opened it and read it, and, considering it attentively, knew it to be forged. So he sent for the man, who presented himself before him, and called down blessings upon him, and praised him and those of his court. Quoth Abdullah to him, What move thee to weary thyself on this wise, and bring me a forged letter? But be of good heart, for we will not disappoint thy travail. Replied the other, Allah prolong the life of our lord the wazir. If my coming annoy thee, cast not about for a pretext to repel me, for Allah's earth is wide, and he who giveth daily bread still liveth. Indeed, the letter I bring thee from Yahya bin Khalid is true and no forgery. Quoth Abdullah, I will write a letter to my agent at Baghdad, and command him inquire concerning this same letter. If it be true as thou sayest, and genuine and not forged by thee, I will bestow on thee the emirship of one of my cities, or if thou prefer a present, I will give thee two hundred thousand dirhams, besides horses and camels of price, and a robe of honour. But if the letter prove a forgery, I will order thou be beaten with two hundred blows of a stick, and thy beard be shaven. So Abdullah bade confine him in a chamber, and furnish him therein with all he needed, till his case should be made manifest. Then he dispatched a letter to his agent at Baghdad, to the following effect. 
there is come to me a man with a letter purporting to be from yahya bin khalid now i have my suspicions of this letter therefore delay thou not in the matter but go thyself and look carefully into the case and let me have an answer with all speed in order that we may know what is true and what is untrue when the letter reached baghdad the agent mounted at once and shahrazad perceived the dawn of day and ceased to say her permitted say when it was the three hundred and seventh night she said it hath reached me o auspicious king that the agent of abdullah son of malik al khuzai on receipt of the letter at baghdad mounted at once and repaired to the house of yahya bin khalid whom he found sitting with his officers and boon companions after the usual salute he gave him the letter and yahya read it and said to the agent come back to me to-morrow for my written answer now when the agent had gone away yahya turned to his companions and said what doth he deserve who forgeth a letter in my name and carrieth it to my foe they answered all and each saying this and that and every one proposing some kind of punishment but yahya said ye err in that ye say and this your counsel is of the baseness of your spirits and the meanness of your minds ye all know the close favour of abdullah with the caliph and ye weet of what is between him and us of anger and enmity and now almighty allah hath made this man the means of reconciliation between us and hath fitted him for such purpose and hath appointed him to quench the fire of ire in our hearts which hath been growing these twenty years and by his means our differences shall be adjusted wherefore it behoveth me to requite such man by verifying his assertion and amending his estate so i will write him a letter to abdullah son of malik praying that he may use him with increase of honour and continue to him his liberality now when his companions heard what he said they called down blessings on him and marvelled at his generosity and the greatness of his magnanimity then he called for paper and ink and wrote abdullah a letter in his own hand to the following effect in the name of allah the compassionating the compassionate of a truth thy letter hath reached me allah give thee long life and i am glad to hear of thy safety and am pleased to be assured of thine immunity and prosperity it was thy thought that a certain worthy man had forged a letter in my name and that he was not the bearer of any message from the same but the case is not so for the letter i myself wrote and it was no forgery and i hope of thy courtesy and consideration and the nobility of thy nature that thou wilt gratify this generous and excellent man of his hope and wish and honour him with the honour he deserveth and bring him to his desire and make him the special object of thy favour and munificence whatso thou dost with him it is to me that thou dost the kindness and i am thankful to thee accordingly then he superscribed the letter and after sealing it delivered it to the agent who dispatched it to abdullah now when the governor read it he was charmed with its contents and sending for the man said to him whichever of the two promised boons is the more acceptable to thee that will i give thee the man replied the money gift were more acceptable to me than aught else whereupon abdullah ordered him two hundred thousand dirhams and ten arab horses five with housings of silk 
and other five with richly ornamented saddles, used in state processions, besides twenty chests of clothes, and ten mounted white slaves, and a proportionate quantity of jewels of price. Moreover, he bestowed on him a dress of honor, and sent him to Baghdad in great splendor. So when he came thither, he repaired to the door of Yahya's house, before he went to his own folk, and craved permission to enter and have audience. The chamberlain went in to Yahya, and said to him, O my lord, there is one at the door who craveth speech of thee, and he is a man of apparent wealth, courteous in manner, comely of aspect, and attended by many servants. Then Yahya bade admit him, and when he entered and kissed the ground before him, Yahya asked him, Who art thou? He answered, Hear me, O my lord, I am he who was done dead by the tyranny of fortune, but thou didst raise me to life again from the grave of calamities, and exalt me to the paradise of my desires. I am the man who forged a letter in thy name, and carried it to Abdullah bin Malik al-Khuzai. Yahya asked, How hath he dealt with thee, and what did he give thee? And the man answered, He hath given me, thanks to thy hand and thy great liberality and benevolence, and to thy comprehensive kindness and lofty magnanimity, and thine all-embracing generosity, that which hath made me a wealthy man, and he hath distinguished me with his gifts and favors. And now I have brought all that he gave me, and here it is at thy door, for it is thine to decide, and the command is in thy hand. Rejoined Yahya, Thou hast done me better service than I did thee, and I owe thee a heavy debt of gratitude, and every gift the white hand can give, for that thou hast changed into love and amity the hate and enmity that were between me and a man whom I respect and esteem. Wherefore I will give thee the like of what Abdullah bin Malik gave thee. Then he ordered him money and horses and chests of apparel such as Abdullah had given him. And thus the man's fortune was restored to him by the munificence of these two generous ones. And folk also relate the tale of the Caliph al-Ma'amun and the strange scholar. It is said of al-Ma'amun that, among the Caliphs of the house of Abbas, there was none more accomplished in all branches of knowledge than he. Now on two days in each week he was wont to preside at conferences of the learned, when the lawyers and theologians disputed in his presence, each sitting in his several rank and room. One day, as he sat thus, there came into the assembly a stranger, clad in ragged white clothes, who took seat in an obscure place behind the doctors of the law. Then the assembled began to speak and debate difficult questions, it being the custom that the various propositions should be submitted to each in turn, and that whoso bethought him of some subtle addition or rare conceit should make mention of it. So the question went round till it came to the strange man, who spake in his turn and made a goodlier answer than any of the doctor's replies. And the caliph approved his speech. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased saying her permitted say. End of section 22 Recording by Griffin